0: Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating, episode number 25. So today we're gonna be talking about this magical place called Food Utopia that I've discovered. But before we get to that, I just thought I'd share the best thing I ate recently. So it was actually, when I'm recording this, it was my birthday last week, and which by the time you're listening to it, it will have been a few weeks ago. Um, But yeah, so I just, like my birthday had such an amazing day. And for lunch, we normally go out for lunch for my birthday, but this year we stayed home. And so we had birthday cheese and champagne. So I had some beautiful Piper heidisic champagne and uh, a few different cheeses, a gorgonzola, a um, beautiful Spanish like cheese that's aged in rosemary. That's really like a hard cheese. that was really beautiful. And then a little French um, called a petit croutin. So it's like a, one of those tiny little discs of cheese that has a, like a white mold growing over it. And they were all amazing. Um, and we had it with pears and some salad and pickles and it was just yum. And then for dinner we actually uh because it's lockdown it was really great one of my favorite restaurants. They're normally only open for dinner and so it's because we live out of town and small kids like we don't normally go out for dinner because it's a bit of a hassle and um you know driving home in the dark on our roo- kangaroo infested road is never fun. So I generally don't get to go to this place, um, but they're, because of lockdown, they're doing dinner packs. So my Irishman went into town and picked up uh, our dinner and it was so amazing. And yeah, everything that we had was just delicious. And even though it was like normally, you know, it was served in you know the takeaway containers, it was just amazing. In particular, there was this cauliflower dish. It was like steamed big piece of cauliflower and it had like a burnt butter sauce with it, um, which has that beautiful nutty, kind of a little bit sweet and tart a little bit tart. That was kind of on the bottom and then on the top they'd covered it with it was they they called it a pistachio tarator. So tarator is a a, a, a Turkish, like Middle Eastern nut-based sauce. Traditionally I think using walnuts or almonds, uh, but this one was with pistachio. So it had herbs, it had like the pistachio pureed in and it was just like flavor explosion. It was so, so amazing. So That was my super delicious birthday lunch. I was very grateful for that. Okay, but anyway, perfect to start with that because we're speaking about food utopia today. So the plan for today is I'll just share the story behind this episode and why I thought I'd share it. And then I'll go into detail about sharing like what my life looks like now and the reason for doing that. And then we'll of course go into how to reach your own food utopia the steps involved in that. And also I will just finish off with a key takeaway that I want you to take away from today's episode. So you know exactly how to apply this in your life. So the story behind why I decided to do this episode is I've realized like over the last year, like coaching people and just, you know, the changes that I've made in my life is that modern culture has like this kind of narrative that there's kind of two two types of people like when it comes to food there's the people that are food lovers and you know completely obsessed with food and love food and just eat for pleasure and then there's this other group of like the people that are you know health nuts and that are only eating to and they're just you know always thinking about that what's the best for their health kind of thing there's a narrative that you have to choose in between being a health lover or being a food lover and that you can't be both. So what I want like what I've discovered for myself and for the people that I'm working with is that it's actually possible to be both. It's not an either or proposition. You don't have to choose between being a food lover and your love of food. Or being having the desire to be feel healthy, like to feel good in your body, to feel good in your clothes, and to you know have all your health, to you know, be able to live a long and 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 healthy life. And I think this is pretty radical. Like I don't know if anyone else is talking about this, but, in actual fact, I'd even take it a step further: is that you can definitely have both. But if you're a food lover, it actually gives you an advantage for becoming healthy because, like, you're interested in food. It means that you can tap into that that desire for food, and it can actually help you in achieving your health goals as well. Because you're willing to, you know, take the time to cook for yourself. You're willing to do the things so that you get both. So that's why I thought, like, this is pretty radical. I need to do a podcast episode on it. Anyway, so now let's talk about what it's like in my food utopia. And I'm not telling you this to brag or to be like, eh, look at me. It's really, I want to share what's really possible because no one ever told me that this was possible. Like, And I've just kind of figured it out in my own way. Uh, I guess Daria Rose, who um, I interviewed recently, she probably did alert me to this this fact, but really it's, I want to show you what's possible because no one's talking about this and it doesn't you know, I I really wanted. I'm on a mission to change the narrative that we have in our culture that that you have to choose between your health and your love of food. So, like, don't listen to it thinking, oh, it's fine for Jules because she's a special snowflake. Really, if I can do this, and the people that I've worked with, like I'm helping so many people change their relationship with food. So it is possible for you as well. So, I guess the first thing I wanted to say is that what it looks like for me is that my relationship with food like lives up to the name of this podcast like it really is joyful now and it certainly wasn't for most of my life really, I have got to this place where I have like maximum pleasure. I really enjoy food. It brings so much joy to my life Um, without the struggle, without feeling guilty about what I ate, without regretting what I ate, without beating myself up about what I ate. It's really this place of ease and joy. And I'm also feeling like great in my body. Like I have energy. I've feel fit and strong uh, I actually like how I look in the mirror which is wasn't the case for a very very long time I'm um, at my ideal weight um, which I actually you know my weight hasn't actually changed that much over the years I've never been super overweight but it's this piece that I have with it now is is the big revelation like before it used to be just always a struggle always like feeling like it was out of control and it could get out of hand at any moment whereas now I know what I'm doing is right and I know how to take care of myself and it just it just feels so good um yeah, like I don't ever have those fat days anymore where I have to like wear baggy clothes to cover up my hideous stomach. Like, um, you know, I can just dress and I don't have to think about clothes. They all fit. It's all great. Like it's, I just choose what I want to wear based on how I feel. Um, You know, I've got small children, one's five and one's eight. So I can keep up with them. I never have to you know oh, you know, wait for me kind of thing like i can i can beat them at the moment <laughs> but that's probably going to change pretty soon um so you know i always have a lot of energy to interact with them we go for walks we hang out in the garden like play basketball together like you know it's it's really great and i just turned 49 and my goal is to live to 122 so i feel like you know that's actually possible like it's pretty crazy but you know, I I feel the way I feel now, I feel like, you know, maybe I could, I can do that. So I guess the other thing in terms of how I feel in terms of my health is I had, you know, I have diabetes, I had gestational diabetes with my second pregnancy. And uh, that is something that I'm, and it actually got worse after um, I gave birth, which is unusual, but that, that happens occasionally. And so I'm able to manage my diabetes with how I eat. And that's, you know, easily easy it's like it's like not even a drama but I'd say so just you know I have these dodgy genes that, that my blood sugar control isn't great but I'm able to take care of myself you know do all the things that I need to do it in the way that that manages that and it's not like never an issue so another thing I wanted to say is that like I I really am in this place where I I know how to listen to my body and I give my body what it needs and what that looks like is that I'm really learned this skill of learning how to let my body decide how much food to eat. So I'm not um, you know, using, and it, you know, for, I've, believe me, I've weighed things, I've counted things, I've done all the things. Rather than using my brain to decide I should be having, you know, this many grams or I should be eating this many calories, I really have learned this skill of trusting my body to know when it's had enough and giving it what it needs and and also you know being able to stop when my body's satisfied so I'm not depriving I'm not going hungry but I'm also not overeating and yeah it just it just like it's such an amazing skill to have that and that was when I really learned that skill like that's when everything changed that's when the struggle ended that's when I really got to this place of ease and peace and joy around food yeah. I guess the other thing that's really different now, and since I learned that skill of stopping when I've had enough is like, I feel in control of my weight. Like I weigh myself every day. There's an episode I have done in a podcast episode on, on why I do that. And it's great because like, I know exactly where my weight is at. I know, I know how it fluctuates and I feel like I'm totally in control of that number. So it's not this like random thing. Like it, I can, I know exactly that my behaviors uh, in, and how they influence and yeah sure there are some little fluctuations and sure so that sometimes there are some sometimes where I am surprised but overall the overall trend is that I'm in control of this and it's not like I can do it kind of thing it's not it's like just just it is what it is and it's all good and the other thing is that um, like I say this that I've learned how to stop when I've had enough and stop when I'm satisfied but that doesn't mean that I like I never overeat And <laughs> I being like there are still times when I do overeat but it's an intentional thing it's not just oh my god you know this random out of control feeling it's like actually no you know I, I actually want to do this because I really believe that as humans as a species we've we've evolved to have periods of feasting and fasting. We've evolved to have Christmases and Thanksgiving dinners and all those sorts of things where we are, it's, you know, part of, it's good for us actually to feel that really fulfilling. So I still do that. But the big difference for me now is that it's an intentional choice. Like I know when I've had enough and I'll actually go, you know what, today, you know, actually overeating and, just that's fine like it's not a drama weights up the next you know the weight my weight will be up but you know it just all ebbs and flows and it's all part of the you know kind of cycle of life and that feels really good and the other thing that's really radically changed for me is I've completely changed my uh my relationship with alcohol as well. So there's an episode I did on that um, called Booze Hound, which I think was episode four, which I'll go into all the detail of my history with alcohol and what it looks like now. But the short story is that I used to be a winemaker and alcohol used to be something I've really struggled with for a long time, like ever since university days. And now I have this like really peaceful relationship with alcohol where I have like, on average, probably like one glass of wine a week because it was my birthday last week. I had actually had four glasses of champagne across the whole day. Um, but there were small glasses. Uh, but that was fine. Like I enjoyed the champagne. It was great, but I didn't want any more. And so I've just got to this place where, yeah, like I can take it or leave it around alcohol. Like, and I, when I want some, I have it, but it's not this big drama and it's not scary. And it's not like I'm feeling like I'm out of control or and I never have to feel any shame or guilt around, around it. It's just, it's all good. Um, And that is like so radical in itself. (laughs) It's why I did a whole podcast episode on it. Um, So basically, yeah, like it it feels so good to be like this. And I also feel like I've found my life's purpose because, because this is so like no one's talking about this, no one's teaching. It's like I feel like my life's purpose is to help people. And help other food lovers get to this place in themselves where they aren't having to choose between their health and their love of food, where they can have both, where they can have the pleasure and the enjoyment and all the amazing, the connection and all the amazing things that food brings to us without having to. You know, sacrifice their health and potentially die a lot, a lot younger. Like, and <clears throat> there's an opportunity for me to help people feel good in themselves while they are alive, but also have you know much longer, healthier, happier, active lives. So, so yeah, that's that's food utopia. <laughs> that's where we're at. And now, I just want you to like. It, that may seem out of reach for you, but I, just trust me, it is possible. Just keep that idea in the back of your mind that it could be possible for you. And whatever thoughts you're having and coming up with, but yeah, like whatever excuses you're thinking of that, like your barriers, they're actually, those thoughts are actually, they're, um, they're actually obstacles that's showing the, like what you need to overcome in order to get to food utopia. <laughs> Obstacle thoughts are another, um, a big topic that we can all go into another in another episode. But now let's talk about like some concrete steps that you can take to start heading on this path for reaching your own food food utopia. And the first thing is just deciding that you want to change, like deciding that this is possible. This is something that you do want to pursue, something that you do want to reach for. And then the next step is really to start small, like don't, you don't want to go from like, and I guess the other thing I should say with my food utopia, was like, this is a journey that I've been on over all all my life, basically, it wasn't something that just happened, you know, like that. There's been small habits and there's been stops and starts and there's been ups and downs, but it's a, a journey and I'm still working on it. Like there's still things that I'm working on to improve with my health, like getting my sleep better. And like, there's always something that I'm working on. So, don't look at where you are now and where I am now and see that huge gap and think you have to do all these things. Like it really, that whole journey starting with this first step is what we want to do. So we want to break it down. We want you to start small. And the place to start small is just looking at your current habits and look at like, how could you just change one habit at a time so that you're building healthy habits. Um, So things like, you know, how could you be a little bit more active? How could you cook for yourself a little bit more? Or how could you start eating a few more vegetables like where you don't even have to cook, where you're just, you know, for example, you just decide that you're going to buy some you know, prepared veg, like salad green leaves that are already washed and everything, and you just put them on the plate and you eat that with whatever else you're eating. Or, you know, coleslaw mix, like cabbage, that's already sliced up. You can just put it on the side of your plate. Or, how can you add a carrot to your current meals? Uh, they're like really starting small. Other examples of habits that you might like to think about is, you know, enjoying proper meals and rather than grazing all day, like, how could you? S- shift more to being, have, having like, you know, whatever looks good for you, like whether that's breakfast, lunch and dinner and a snack or, or if it's, you know, whatever you want, like feels good for you, but rather than eating th- you know constantly throughout the day, how can you build that habit of, of enjoying meals instead? Um, and I have another podcast episode on that as well. Um, if you want more, more tips on, on, on enjoying proper, we plan and enjoy proper meals, I think it's called. Get yeah, meal planning. There's another habit that you, could, that you could work on. And yeah, like this habit of learning to listen to your body and you could also decide to take responsibility for your health and stop looking for external diets or someone to tell you what you should and shouldn't be eating and actually start experimenting on yourself and start really paying attention to how you feel when you eat certain foods like well, how do you feel when you have a donut like in the moment but then also like a couple of hours later like what's that like and deciding what you're going to eat and how much you're going to eat based on what feels good for you and that's another podcast episode I could do all on its own as well and and I think like my, my marketing coach is always she's just like the right thing to do is like what feels most fun for you like at the moment when I'm I've given you a heap of ideas there like what's one one of what one of those ideas like got you thinking oh that would be that could be fun or i i'd like to try that and start there and then once you get going you'll find that you get this circle of momentum and it just builds on itself and it just becomes easier and easier and you like it just yeah you get this cycle of goodness other habits you might want to think about is like managing your self-talk. And I have a whole episode on that. I guess it's more of a skill than a habit, but there's a whole episode on that. So just these thoughts that we have in our mind and me getting on top of my self-talk has been key to getting to the my food utopia place. Um, another one is like just giving yourself permission to enjoy food. Like if food is currently really fraught for you, like how can you actually – Give yourself that permission, and I have a, a podcast episode, um, episode seven, called "Pleasure Permission." So that if that's something you'd like, that would be fun for you to explore. Like that might be a good one. Um, another one is like just learning to feel your feelings instead of buffering with food, and that's something. Another top thing that I could do a whole topic on, podcast episode on, but that's just just the idea of like learning that skill. And I guess that's probably a deeper one, but you wouldn't necessarily want to start there. But I just wanted to mention that as well. Um, So that's how we reach your utopia, like deciding and then just starting small and just choosing one habit to focus on at a time and one thing to change at a, t- at a time. And if you'd like some help with this, of course, I would absolutely, it would be my honor to help you. And I have a, a coaching program. It's called the Naturally Healthy Club. Uh, so we enroll twice a year for that. It's a six-month program. So I actually, you know, coaching. So I actually will work, like there's a curriculum where I teach you things, but we also I also coach you so we can you know, tweak everything exactly for your exact situation. We have like, and you get the accountability, and it's also great because you get the group dynamic as well. So being part of a community of like like like-minded people that love food and are working on improving their health at the same time. Um, So we enrol twice a year for that, and the most if you just look on my blog. So if you Google Stone Soup, which is Stone as in rock and Soup as in uh, bowl of, then it'll come up. And there's a, a if you click on the coaching page, that will have the most recent details. But if you're listening to this, then at the moment, the next enrolment, we're starting the next group in January 2022 and the enrolment for that will open in November. So um, you can get on the early access list. There's a wait list there if you'd like to be notified as soon as applications open. Um, the last group sold out. So you definitely don't want to, if you, this is something you'd like to do, you don't want to miss out. Okay, so that brings us nicely to our key takeaways. So the thing I really want you to take away from this is that you don't have to choose between being a food lover and being healthy and feeling good about yourself. It's possible to have both and it really doesn't have to be that hard. And I wanted to end with one of my favorite, favorite quotes of all time, which is from an old French guy called Emile Couet. And he said, always think what you have to do is easy and it will become so. So hope you found that useful and look forward to t- chatting to you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed joyful eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google stone soup and you'll find it.